Well, that has nothing to do with the message. This is a little promo. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, for your word. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to get into your word today. And Lord, we thank you that, God, your word speaks over and over about this. And Lord, we're delighted and honored to be in your presence, God. Thank you for your, for your uh, presence this morning. Thank you that you're here among us. God, thank you for every son and daughter in this house. Lord, we pray that we'd be strengthened, blessed, encouraged, challenged, and uplifted as we dive into your word in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. All right. So if you were to look up the word brand new uh, in the dictionary, I actually took this little definition and concocted it from about three different uh, uh, definitions. Uh, brand new means completely, entirely, and absolutely new. Completely, entirely, and absolutely. Check this out. This will throw you for one. Fresh from the fire. And then recently new. So you have something that's recently new. Now, um, I'm going to do this. I've got three things I want to just share before we go, because then I want the rest of our message to kind of really just kind of talk about Scripture and, and, and break down some of the verses. There's three things that happen uh, when something is brand new. Number one, friends, we ah and ooh at new. Like if somebody got a brand new car and, and they were to show it to you, you'd be like, ooh, ah, right? You have a, you know, if there's a brand new baby, you're like, ooh, ah, you know, it's just in a different way. We ah and ooh at new. Look at your neighbor say, ah. Turn the other neighbor say, ooh. <laughs> ah and ooh, isn't that, those are just fun words. We ah and ooh at new. That's the first thing. And number two, friends, um, you know, we get, uh, so ah and ooh is, you know, we get excitement. You know, there's gladness, there's admiration. And number two, we treat new with, great, with greater respect. Like if there's something new, we treat that with greater respect than what we would with something old. For example, again, if you got a new car, there's certain things now with that new car, there's a new standard that you have than you did with the old car. Maybe in the old car, you'd leave trash. Maybe in the old car, you just, you never washed it. Maybe in the old car, you never vacuumed it. But that new car, right, it, you had, there's a greater respect. Uh, or for example, what anybody here ever get like a new shirt, they get a brand new shirt, and then maybe you go out to eat and you're trying to do your best to try to not spill on that shirt. What if it was just an old junkie shirt? You wouldn't care, right? So, so there's greater respect for new. When something is new, there's greater respect. And not only is there uh, greater respect, but we care for it. We keep it safe, right? We clean it. Um, we treat it differently than we would something else. Like, like for example, we um, I put in new floors in my house a number of years ago, and when I put in new floors, about every other day I was sweeping the floor, and I was on my hands and knees and cleaning that floor. But now I've had that floor for a few days, or excuse me, a few days, for a few years. Am I sweeping it? Am I on my hands and knees and, and scrubbing it? Because there's something about we respect and we have uh, a greater respect for something that is new. Isn't that interesting? And then finally, friends, this is it. Friends, we all want new, right? We all want new. I mean, who wants old? Who wants, you know, there's, there's something inside of us that desires. Most people want new, right? We either want, maybe we want a new job. Maybe we want, we want new pay. Maybe we want a new car or new house. In some people's cases, they want a new spouse. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying that that's right, but it's, you know, my wife said, you know, my wife said, she said, uh, because I like to change things up, you know, like I'll change up my hair I'll change, you know, I'm growing my beard out. It's the first time I've ever done it. So I like to just change things up. I changed the, how I dress. 
And she says, honey, as long as you don't change your wife. I said, yeah, that's the only thing that we're not changing. We're going to keep that the same. You know, my relationship with God stays the same. My relationship with my wife stays the same. You know, a new baby, right? Some people, they want a new heavenly body. I can't tell you how many saints I've heard of. I can't wait to get that new heavenly body. New shoes. That's underrated. Think about this. You know, like a few things I think of, like if you get new, if you get a new haircut and you feel great or, or for a woman, a new hairdo. You like, you feel good, right? I mean, there's something about having that new, you're like, man, I just feel good. Or you get a new outfit. Anybody here have a new outfit? Maybe you got something for Christmas? Okay, okay. As, okay. As a sermon illustration, it's the reason I wore the sweatshirt today. I got this for Christmas. It's brand new. I'm feeling quite good in my new hoodie, right? It's brand new. So when I go out to eat, you know, we'll put a little bib on. We'll make sure that we're not spilling on it. <laughs> or maybe, uh, maybe... Learning a new skill. Anybody here like learning new skills? There's just something like that. You're like, ooh, a new skill. Ooh, something I can learn that I don't know already. Ooh, that's awesome. New skill. Or maybe a new opportunity. There's people that thrive on wanting new opportunities. Because all of us want new. Look at your neighbor say, you want new. And I want new. Right? And, and this is the thing. It's inside of us. God has placed inside of us this desire to want new. And we're going to go into the scripture and talk a little bit about that today. So what does the Bible talk about that word new? What does the Bible talk about? You guys ready? I just wanted to throw those out there. Just wanted to throw some of those things out there. Uh, some of those pictures and stuff just to let you know. I mean, and that's just stuff. And that's just material stuff. But the Bible talks about new and the Bible tells us about new. And, and I guess the basis of my scripture basis would be built on this one right here. And this is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And it's, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a, say it with me, new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. You're a new creation. But this is the clause. If anyone is in Christ. And so when I think of new creation, when I think of something that's created new, I think of that word in the definition that was, that was fresh from the fire. And what I think of is I think of, you know, if something's like newly created, I think of maybe I'm not a culinary expert by far at all. The only thing I know how to make is like grilled cheese and like eggs and potatoes. But I can think of somebody who knows what they're doing and maybe they're putting all of these ingredients, they put it in a pot or they put it in and they put it in the oven and then the fire... Heats it up, and what comes out is new than what went in. So it's interesting to me that the fire will bring out the new. Do you know the scripture says that John the Baptist told, his, uh, he told uh, the people that were listening to him, he says, he says that the, uh, Jesus, talking about Jesus in uh, Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, he says, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Why are you baptized with fire? Because it turns you into a new creation. It turns us into a new creature. From the fire, he will baptize us. Another uh, like it verse, which is found in First Peter. So we're going to just start going into scripture. Is that cool? You guys good with it? Because to me, it's important that when you come to church, you got to learn the word of God. Amen. <laughs> First Peter chapter 1, verse 3. It says, praise be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new Birth. So anytime you see the yellow letters, let's say it together. He has given us, say it together, new birth 
into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So this is the thing, friends. The Lord has given us new if we are in Christ. If you have said yes to Christ, if you've devoted your life to him, if you've devoted your heart to him, he has given us a new birth and we are a new creature. We are a new creation. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? I think it's awesome. We're going to go we're going to go all the way back to Ezekiel because when God does a work in us, he does a complete work. Say complete work. God doesn't just like hand us this golden ticket. See, Christianity isn't just you get the golden ticket to go into Willy Wonka land. It's not just the golden ticket to get into heaven. When, when we say and we commit ourselves to Christ, he commits himself to us. And so we get all of the benefits of heaven. And when we get the benefits of heaven, friends, the benefits of heaven is us getting new stuff. So in Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26, it says, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 19 uh, that one says, I'm going to read that one, then go back to the other one. It says, I will give them one heart and a new spirit I will put within them. I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh and give them a heart of flesh. And then in Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26, it's kind of parallel, real similar. It says, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit, and I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone and from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. So this is the thing, friends, when the Lord, when we say yes to the Lord, he creates in us something brand new. He gives us a new heart. Why would he give us a new heart? Because, friends, our heart equals our desires. The, the B.C. Uh, Josh Hester, before Christ, Josh Hester's desires were to get high and make money. That was the desires of, of the B.C. before Christ, Josh Hester. When Josh committed his life to Christ and, and, and Christ began to dwell in him, his desires changed. My desires changed. My desire wasn't for myself. My desire wasn't for, to get high. My desires weren't to have money. My desires were to worship God and do whatever he wanted me to do. And this is the crazy thing is that not only did he change my desires, he, he changed my love. Because when he gives us a new heart, heart has to do with desires and it has to do with love. And so many of us before Christ, we love selfishly. I love selfishly, which means I'm going to give to you. I'm going to give to you uh, uh, attention. I'm going to give you affection and reciprocate the same thing. And the only reason I'm doing that is because you're doing that for me. When the love of Christ is in us, it has nothing to do with that. I remember, I remember this. And I've said this before. I'm going to share, I'm going to share this real quick. I remember when uh, I was over at our South Toledo campus. and um, if you've ever been to our South Toledo campus in our foyer, we have, um, we have a, a nice coffee bar. We have a nice coffee bar here. Thank you, Sarah, for that. Um, we had a coffee bar, and now we also had a connection with Wixie's Donuts. And so Wixie would give us uh, fresh... <laughs> mm, you can go ahead and say, mm. uh, Wixie would give us uh, donuts. They would give us all of their stuff that they didn't use that Saturday night. And so then we'd have donuts, even though they were a day old, but they're still like, you know, nice donuts, right? I mean, <laughs> who cares, right? It's a day old, but who cares? So they're free, right? <laughs> free is good enough for me. So we would get donuts. We'd have fresh coffee. And so we would actually have people come into uh, our foyer. They would get coffee and donut, and they would walk out. And, 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 and I, you know, I told our team, I told our staff, I said, we got to be fine with that. Like, like, like it's not just about getting people into things. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we want, but especially there was this uh, one gentleman who's kind of one of our neighborhood drunks. And, uh, and he would come in, come in the vision kitchen pretty much every, every day we had it open. And he would come in, and he would, get, he would get a coffee, and he would get a donut. And he would talk to me. He'd be like, Pastor Josh, you know, he'd tell me what's going on. He was like, you know, I was in jail this weekend or whatever, you know. And, um, 
he would say, can you pray with me? I'm like, yeah, I can pray for you. I'd pray for him. He'd have tears streaming down his eyes, and then he'd walk out the door. I remember the Lord say this. He said, will you still love him even if he never changes? You know what that is? That's giving love without wanting something back. That's the love that the Father has. That's the love that the Lord desires for us to have. That we would love people, and even if they never give that same love back. And I believe at, at, as a, on a church level, uh, as the body of Christ, we sometimes only pour into people because we want something from them. You know, I, I was just thinking, I was thinking, you know, as the body of Christ, you know, we've had a lot of obviously misrepresentation of Christ. But I think a true representation of Christ is someone that says, I love you. I want the best for you. I want you to have a relationship with Jesus, and I don't have to get anything from return out of, out of that. That's selfless. That's unconditional. And that's what Christ did. Christ said, he said, forgive them for they know not what they do. And so he actually places in us a new heart. Because apart from Christ, you can't have love like that. That isn't, there, there's, there's no earthly love like that. The only thing that would be closely compared to that would be, I would say, the love of a mother and a child who would, you know, she would, you know, do whatever it takes. Like, like I've heard stories of like people who are like on the back of trucks in third world countries and they got their baby strapped to their back and they fall out the truck and they turn their body to land on themselves so that you don't harm the child. That's a sacrificial love, right? Mothers have that innate thing that, that you know, I'll protect but for the most part, we can't love like that without Christ in us. That's why he gives us a new heart. And a new spirit I will put within you. Okay, this is the thing, though. So in Matthew chapter 9, verse 17, kind of going along with this. I'm going to coincide, tie this together. Matthew chapter 9, verse 17, it says, Neither is new wine put into old wineskins. If it is, the skins burst and the wine is spilled and the skins are destroyed. That's very interesting. But new wine is put into fresh wineskins, or another translation would say, new wineskins. And so both are preserved. So check this out. So, so Jesus is giving this illustration talking about new wine, say new wine. And, and in this illustration, a lot of times in Scripture, things don't mean exactly what it means, right? And so when actually, when, you, when he's talking about new wine, he's, he's given an illustration of that. And obviously they had wine and stuff like that. They didn't have... Mountain Dew and uh, A&W Root Beer Floats and Fanta and all of the stuff that we have today. I mean, they pretty much have like goat's milk, water, and wine. And so, uh, so when he's talking about this new wine, okay, when we see the word wine in the scripture, you can almost always parallel that word wine to Holy Spirit. So when, it's talking about, when he's talking about new wine, he's talking about like an outpouring of the Spirit of God. So, so, so from that perspective, look at this. He's saying, uh, neither is there uh, new wine. He said, okay, go to this. He says, but new wine is put into fresh wineskins, meaning, you know, he puts his Holy Spirit in a new vessel. So he creates in us new so that we can hold the Spirit of God. That's pretty amazing. I think that's awesome. So he makes us a new creation and have a new birth. Then he gives us a new spirit and a new heart. So that he can put in new wine in us. So that we can pour out that fresh wine. And then on top of that. On top of all of this stuff. He gives us new mercies. I don't know about you. The, the longer I've lived for Christ. The more mercy I need. I need mercy from Jesus. And I need mercy from y'all. <laughs> 
Lord, have mercy on him. <laughs> Help him. You know, as a leader, it's very, it's very easy for people to get offended at leaders. I believe it's, I believe it's a, I believe it's a spiritual um, thing that the enemy has contorted. And 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 don't get me wrong. I mean, there are terrible leaders. You know, don't. <laughs> if if there's a if there's a bad leader, you know, don't stay under that person, right? <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. But but there's this thing that that that, that has been contorted with 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 leaders and and with people. And so what we do is we end up having high expectations of people. And if you have a high expectation of a person, you may put them on a pedestal. And that's why I believe Jesus himself even avoided fame. Because I don't believe it was necessarily God's, uh, it was his desire for people and church to be famous. I don't think that was, I don't think that was ever his intention. That's why, when, that's why when the crowds would come around Jesus, you would see sometimes he would slip in the crowd. Because he avoided fame. And so the thing is, is that what fame does is, man, fame corrupts it, you know. I mean, it just does all these things. And you see in Scripture, often when people are elevated, how that can even corrupt them. And so um, this has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. But what I'm trying to say is, is have mercy on me. Because <laughs> I'm going to make mistakes. And I'm going to say things that, where I mess up. And you're going to do the same. And I hope that, that the same mercy and grace that I extend to you when, when we're talked about behind our back, when we're blasted on Facebook, when we're blasted on social media, that, that know this, I'm mature enough to take it, and I'm mature enough not to talk bad about you. So, so have mercy on me. But we need mercy from Christ. It says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy never come to an end. They are new every morning. This morning when you woke up, did you grab a hold of the mercy of God today? Did you grab a hold of the things that God has for you today? Did you grab, grab a hold of the new morning and his new mercies? And then it says, great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion. Says, uh, say my soul, therefore I will hope in him. Sometimes you got to tell yourself. Sometimes we got to tell ourselves, like we may not feel, you may not feel very hopeful. You may feel discouraged. How many, time, how many people in here in their Christian walk have, have ever felt discouraged? Raise your hand. Absolutely. If you haven't felt discouraged, if you then then you haven't really been tested. Uh, I love what like one of the one of the the saints of old said. They said a faith that hasn't been tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. And so our faith will be tested. And so we'll have days where we wake up and we're discouraged. We're frustrated. We'll, we'll have days we woke up, we wake up and, and we're just we're just mad at the world. I don't know why. Maybe we, maybe we wake up and you're just feeling like your body is, it, you're getting older and there's just pain and anguish. And so you have to tell yourself in the middle of your pain, therefore I will hope in him. And grab a hold of that brand new mercy. Thank you for that new mercy. Isn't it great? Colossians chapter 3. We got a few, we got some more verses here. Colossians chapter 3 can be paralleled with Ephesians chapter 4. And so Colossians chapter 3 verse 9 through 10, it says, do not lie to one another. Every time, you, every time you hear instructions from the scriptures, like just like allow it to just like rest on your heart. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with his practices. Say practices. Right? You had a way of living before Christ where you actually practice sin. Right? You practice deceit. You practice lying. You practice whatever it was. 
you practice those things. So saying, put off that old self with its practices and have put on the new self, say new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. And then parallel, very, very similar, is Ephesians 4. And it says, put off your old self. Put it off. That's why Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. But it isn't just a one-time crucifixion. Friends, we got to crucify our flesh and ourself daily. I say this, and I'm going to say this to, to my dying grave. It's very easy to say yes to God. The blessings of God, the things of God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. But it's hard to say no to your selfish, sinful nature. And that, that'll, make, that'll change the trajectory of those that are walking in victory and those that are walking in defeat. Because if you're saying yes to God, yes to God, yes to God, and yes to my flesh, yes to my flesh, yes to my flesh, you're in conflict. And you're going to live defeated. So you have to say no to that sinful nature. You've got to say no to that selfish, sinful nature. And can nobody else do it but you? You're the only one. And you ain't doing it alone. You're doing it with the power of Christ, which is in you. That's what grace is. Grace is unmerited favor, and it's also the ability to say yes. So put off the old self, which belongs to your former manner of living and is corrupt through deceitful desires. Amen. Right? That old deceitful nature, that old man, that old self. That's what that, that is. That, that word old self, another translation is old man. That old self. And to be renewed, say renewed, in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self. Created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. I wish it was just like automatically like, like, like inserted unto you and boom, it was easy. But it's not. <laughs> like wouldn't, wouldn't it just be nice like, like this was Josh Hester before Christ. I jumped into Christ and boom and now I got the new self and everything flows real nicely. No friends. <laughs> That's not how it works at all. Every day we have to clothe ourselves with that new self. The scripture talks of two different things. One thing is it talks about us clothing ourselves with Christ. And in uh, 2 Peter, it talks about us clothing ourselves with humility. And so we, we have to clothe ourselves daily with that new self. So you have to put on righteousness, which is right standing with God. You got to say to yourself, today I choose to walk in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Those are fruits of the spirit. When you're saying, I'm going to say yes to these and I'm going to say no to the flesh, the Galatians chapter uh, five uh, flesh. And so we have to put on that new self and say no to that old self on a daily basis. And friends, and if you're not doing that, then you're not walking in victory. And Christ paid for that already. He paid for that victory. So you don't have to give in to your sinful nature. If you have a stronghold, right, Christ breaks those strongholds. Now let me tell you this too, friends, because this, this will coincide with that. If you find yourself giving into habitual sin that you cannot get over, most likely it's a stronghold. And I pray in the name of Jesus during this fast it breaks. Because you're drawing close to the Lord. You're denying yourself. And maybe you have this wrestling part of your flesh that the enemy has. Maybe, maybe you have a 30-year addiction that, that you've hidden. That the Lord would break that in Jesus' name because that's what fast do. Fast break. The scripture says some come out by prayer and fasting. And that's what we're believing. We're believing in this fast that people draw close to Christ. We're believing in this fast that people are, are going to have new hope and new victory and new life and refreshed. Amen. You guys still with me? All right. Isaiah chapter 40. Like I said, the scripture is just, it's, it talks all about this new stuff, right? Being a new creation, being a new creature, having new mercies, new spirit, new heart, new wine, all of these things, putting on new self. Now, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31 is very interesting. 
Because it says this, it says, for those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Why would you need to renew something unless it expires? Right? I mean, it's no, our strength expires. Right? Your love expires. Like, your, seriously, your patience expires. <laughs> right? It is what it is. But the Bible says those who wait on the Lord. Another translation will say those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. And maybe you're in here today, maybe you need your strength renewed. Maybe you need your faith renewed. Maybe you need your vigor renewed. Maybe you need, uh, you, you need a renewal of something. The only way that happens is, is by waiting on God. And I want to just share this for a moment here. Um, I know this is a tangent. Is it okay? Can I have a little tangent? Just a little baby one? A little one? It's not a temper tantrum, just a little tangent. Um, you know, and, and, uh, in 20 plus years of ministry and serving Christ, um, we, um, let's see, how can I say this? We find ourselves, um, and I, I remember in my early Christian walk, that uh, I would find myself being drawn to, uh, like, you know, the fiery, passionate, you know, preaching and worship and, and all that other stuff. And it's like, you know, yeah, and, and like, you know, hooping and hollering, and I still love that stuff. But, but this is the thing. And, and it kind of coincides with this. This is the thing. I've realized that in Scripture, sometimes we want the fire and the flames and the tornadoes and the rain and all this other stuff. But the Lord wants to speak to us in a still, small voice. And, and if there's thunder and lightning and, and fire, then we can miss it. And we see even the, uh, the, the incredible prophet Elijah is looking for God in all of these things. And where was he found? In the small, still voice. And isn't it interesting in Scripture that the, the Scripture says that he leadeth me by still waters. Because our life is full of chaos. It's full of lightning and thunder and bolt action and all this other stuff. And friends, sometimes we need to quiet ourselves so that we can have peace, so we can have strength. And that's what it says. It didn't say those who jump up and, and down will renew their strength, even though I've gotten plenty of breakthrough through jumping up and down. It doesn't say those who, you know, run 15 laps will renew their strength. It doesn't say those who preach to, to the gospel across the earth will renew their strength. It says those who wait. Waiting means, to, how many of us like to wait? I hate waiting. Who waits at the microwave, like, tapping their foot, like, this is too fast. <laughs> Think about this. Have you ever been in McDonald's and thought, this is taking too long? He said every day. <laughs> Because we, some of us, have a hard time with waiting. Think of this. I'm guilty, and, and maybe you're guilty as well. How many times have you asked God for something and wanted it right then? You're like, God, I need this. I want this. Whatever it is. I need help. And there's like nothing happening. Right? And you're like, what's going on? Have you forgotten me? Hello? Anybody up there? <laughs> see your son. Bam! Should happen. And nothing. And you're waiting. 
Waiting is terrible because there's a lot of unknown in that. The, the, the thing about waiting, though, is that waiting actually is like going into the fire. Because what's being purified is, do you really trust me? How many of us know that the moment we ask, he hears it? The moment. Instantaneous. The moment. That's how amazing our God is. It's not, it's not like there's like a long line of angels, you know, standing with requests, and yours is like 200 millionth in line. Right? A <laughs> hundred billionth in line. And so it's like, no, he hears us immediately, instantaneously. But sometimes God, sometimes God says, slow. Sometimes God says, no. Sometimes God says, go. And that's a whole other message in itself. But waiting. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. The thing about eagles is eagles have a perspective we don't see. And when you actually wait upon the Lord, when he renews your strength, he actually will give you insight and give you vision and, see, and, and maybe give you more wisdom in the situation. I look, at, I look at times in my life when maybe I thought God was slow or God said no. And I was like, God, why, why were you thinking that? And then later on in life, I realized, wow, that might have been very destructive. That might have been detrimental. They will mount up with wings like, like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Any runners in here? Anybody like to run? I'm with, I'm with people that I love. <laughs> I like bike riding, <laughs> you know, yeah. driving cars. You know. Run, running, you know, running is, you know, it's cool. It's not for everybody. Um, but, you know, but if you ever, if you ever realize, you know, you can get very <laughs> weak, quick while running, meaning like you're exhausting your energy in a very fast pace. So, you know, they mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. In Christ, you can move at a fast pace and not get tired. And they shall walk and not faint. Sometimes you don't need to walk be running. You need to be walking. Sometimes the Lord says, sit. That sucks too. Because <laughs> if you're a doer, man, sitting down is just like, like da -da 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 -da, okay. <laughs> Twiddling your thumbs. Anybody here, oh, no, there's a side note. Think of this, when you're in school, anybody here ever used to doodle? You doodle. Well, now they, now they have cell phones so they can get on their cell phones. But man, that was like the thing, like, right? You're like, oh, this class, okay, whatever. Do, do, do. And you're doodling because it's like, you know, you like want to be busy, you want to do stuff. You're like, okay, let's go on. Let's move on. This is boring. Whatever. Okay. Second Corinthians chapter six. Last verse here. Wow. My message was quick. Awesome. Praise God. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 16 and 17. It says, so we do not lose heart. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away. I'll be 43 on the 12th. And man, sometimes I'll wake up and hurt myself. Like, I hurt myself by sleeping. Like, <laughs> how does that happen? Like, <laughs> like, that doesn't happen when I was 20. That happened, like, it's like, like, oh, my elbow. Like, all I did was sleep. Why does it hurt? 
Because our outward self is wasting away. Right? I mean, this flesh. Right? Outwardly, we're wasting away. This flesh, you know, we, we're wasting away. I mean, it's, we're born and you get to a certain peak and then everything starts going backwards. And you try to do your best to keep everything lubricated and moving, but sometimes I'm telling you, it doesn't do what you want it to do. <laughs> so outwardly, wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. So it's crazy. So it's like, it's like one of these things. It's like you have, your, you have your spiritual man and you have your flesh. Your flesh is deteriorating, but your spirit man is actually getting stronger and being built up. Isn't that crazy? That's why they call it like, they call it like the backwards kingdom. Have you ever heard of that? Like, you know, like you said, the greatest among you will be your servants. Like, I thought the greatest would be the leaders. No, they're servants because it's like, it's like backwards. So it's like, you think, oh, you know, no, no. So it's like, you'd be renewed spiritually day by day for these, <laughs> and, then, and then he throws this in here, for, the, for this light momentary affliction. Light and momentary. Now, what's crazy is he's talking to people who are being persecuted and killed. He's calling it light and momentary afflictions. What? <laughs> you think you have it bad. <laughs> you weren't getting pulled out of your house and beaten to death. <laughs> light and momentary afflictions is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. I'm finishing through the book of Revelation, and there's this beautiful picture where uh, uh, it talks about like uh, a number of people who cannot be counted and they're, and they're standing before the Lord and they're, they're all, they all have robes and they're singing before the Lamb. And the scripture says that they were the ones that were killed during the tribulation. And so it says their reward is to be before the Lord forever and ever with worship. And so I think of this, I think of this so like it says for these light and momentary afflictions, is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. I don't believe there's anything in all creation that's better, any assignment that's better than being before the Lord. And if you can prove it in Scripture, show me. Because I believe, I believe that's the greatest honor to be before the Lord. And who knows what your assignments are in heaven? We don't know. I mean, you know, there's all kinds of theories and beliefs and all this other stuff. Just know this. If, if earth is, is the flawed version no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor mind conceived that which God has prepared for us. If God created the garden for Adam and Eve, and it was perfect back then, what does is, what is, what is the new heaven look like? Who knows, man? I don't know. But know this, friends, we are being renewed. So talking about brand new, being complete, entirely, absolutely new, and this whole thing about being fresh from the fire. Friends, the thing is, is the fire does not feel good. You might be in the fire right now. You might be. If you're not in the fire, thank the Lord. If you're in the fire, thank the Lord. And we go through all kinds of uh, trials and difficulties. I think one of the, the, the amazing challenges that we have is when we're facing things, what is our attitude going to be? We have a diagnosis. I mean, there's many people in here that have had different deadly diagnoses. And look, you're still here. Your spouse says, I never want to be with you anymore. And they leave you. We have people at our South Little campus that are, you know, kids that, you know, suicide. When you face those things, sorry. <laughs> when you face stuff like that, 
are we going to respond? I believe the Lord wants us to respond with the new self. He wants us to respond with the new heart. He wants us to respond with the new spirit. Can we bow our heads today together, friends? You know, the cool thing about New Year's is um, it's kind of a funny construct because it's a reset of days, it's a reset of months, and even though our life is continuing, there's something inside of us that just desires that, that new, <laughs> that fresh. It's why we do 21-day fasts and, and make new goals for the year and all these things. So, Father, Lord, I don't know what goals that have been set in here. God, I don't know what hearts... Uh, have been desiring. God, I don't know what the prayers of, of some of your sons and daughters in here have been, but God, I know. <laughs> I know. I know you want to make things new. No, we, I know you want to make things new. Jesus. Jesus. Yes, Lord. As we're saying this, I'm thinking of a, of a verse. the book of Isaiah chapter 43 18 and 19 the scripture says that we are to forget the former things forget the former things forget that old way of thinking that old stinking thinking forget that the old way of doing things forget those things forget the former things and then he says I'm doing a new thing and friends God is always doing a new thing. He's always doing a new thing. That's why we can't get caught up in like past revivals and past move-ups of God and how God spoke and blah, 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 because he's always doing a new thing. And so I don't know about you, friends, uh, but my heart and my prayer is, God, would you do a new thing in me? And if you would join with me, just ask the Lord right where you're sitting, right where you're creating an altar before God, would you say, God, do a new thing in me? Do a fresh thing in me. Maybe you're in this place and you're like, God, I need new wine in my life. I need, I need a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Acts, it says that times of refreshing will come upon you, meaning that we're going to get exhausted. We're going to exhaust our resources. We're going to feel empty. And the Lord wants to refresh us times, meaning multiple times, over and over and over again. And Lord, yeah, we don't deserve that, but God, you desire to do that. So, Father, would you pour out even again on marriages? God, would you pour out, God, on finances? God, would you pour out, 
Lord, on houses. God, would you pour out on parents and children. God, would you, God, remove walls. God, would you break divisions. God, would you, Lord, uh, pour out. God, would you give fresh wine, new wine today. Would you renew our strength today, God? God sees you're exhausted. He sees that. You're exhausted. Renew strength, God. Renew strength, God. Renewed. Let him lead you by still waters today, friends. Let the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. God, guard our hearts, guard our mind. Let us not believe the lies of the enemy. Don't give up in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Just for a few more moments, friends. We got time. Maybe there's, maybe there's a fresh commitment that you would like to make before the Lord. Just do that right where you're at. Maybe there's a fresh commitment. Hmm. Maybe there's an ungodly commitment that you need to break before the Lord. <laughs> maybe there's a commitment that you've made with sin or your sinful nature. Or maybe there's an ungodly soul tie you have with some might. Or just break that. Ask that to break in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Your word says that we can boldly come before the throne of grace when we are in time of need. So, God, we are privileged as sons and daughters to do that right now. Come before you. And maybe, maybe there's something that you need to ask the Lord right now that I haven't said. Just a few more moments. We'll let you just talk to God. Just talk to him. Jesus. God, would you renew faith even now? Renew faith. Jesus. We just sang it to the Lord a few moments ago, and I'm going to just go ahead and speak their ironic blessing over you again today. Friends, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you. 
I love this part. May the Lord turn his face towards you. And may he give you peace. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. God bless you, friends. Thanks for joining with us today. You